0: let us pray our precious father we want to thank you for the privilege we have tonight to study your word we trust you that by your spirit you will teach us guide us into all truth open our hearts open our ears in jesus name i pray amen so we are the study of the book of hebrew chapter 2, we finish chapter 2, we go to chapter 3, we go to chapter 4, we want to make sure that we do uh, more chapters before the prayer feast that starts in December. So we we'll have just one more Thursday or so before December, and then uh, we'll stop wherever we we'll stop. When we get to next year, by the grace of God, and we finish the theme for next year, we'll go back and finish the book of Hebrew. So, we're going to chapter two, we finish it, chapter three, we finish it, chapter four, we finish it. And after that, I would be teaching on healing. Even during prayer first, I will still be teaching on healing. After each session of teaching, I will still be teaching on healing. It's something that will continue every Thursday that we teach here. So, after this teaching, I'm going to continue by the grace of God to teach on healing. You know, last week we were saying that there, there is this spiritual stagnation that is widespread. It's kind of discouragement. People are no more yearning, hungry for the word of God, excited about the things of God. It's the spirit of the last days. The Bible says many will fall into that trap. You so in the last days, the love of many was good. It didn't save you. And so, as we we're talking about, we we're just uh, reminding ourselves to be aware of these things and, and be aware of and check your own life. So, you're not a victim of that. Some of them is because of, like we said, the Bible said in Matthew chapter 24 12, and because lawlessness will abound. The love of many will watch You See a lot of cold-hearted Christians who love the world, a lot of people who are trying to shift Christian values to, to be the world values, even from the pulpit. So those who, Christians are going to be in the minority, seriously in the minority, and then because you know the enemy challenges are faced, the trials of life, difficulties of life, some people give up on God. The question is, if you give up on God, where are you running to? That's from fry pan to fire. And the things we grapple in this world, the day we leave this world, they don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. At all. Because then you're thinking of, oh my God, I'm passing away. You don't, don't bother about those things. You're thinking of God and your relationship with God in those final moments of life. So we need to be aware of these realities and then be sure that we're not victims of that. Despite this that is happening, we we must continue to preach the message that the apostles preached. Acts chapter 5 verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as a Christ. That's what the church must continue to do. We must continue to preach Christ. We must continue to preach Jesus Christ because that's the answer to all of it. So in this our study we have four main points you, you need to take home. Four main points. Number one is that Jesus completely set you free to the uttermost. Our salvation has nothing left. Anybody telling you that is a liar because he's telling you that Jesus didn't do a good work. He completely set us free. That's number one point we're going to study here. Luke chapter 169. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we'll be saved from our enemies and from all that hate us. Not so. Our salvation is salvation indeed. If the Son shall set you free, you are free indeed. The Bible says He saves us to the uttermost because He ever lived to make intercession for us. So there's nothing left. You are completely set free. When Israel left Egypt, they left Egypt and there was nothing left. They packed everything and left. So, chapter 3, we're going to see Jesus, our great high priest, right now. And you need to, it's, it's very important for a Christian to know what this means for Him a relationship with God it's not taught a lot in the body of Christ but this is very very important very key to you to be able to exercise faith in the face of challenges to your faith you must understand the ministry of Jesus Christ in your life right now otherwise the enemy will take advantage of it and, and accuse you and destroy your sense of righteousness and your confidence you must understand the basis of your expectations. So that when it's challenged, and the enemy challenges it, when it's challenged, you stand your grounds and win. It's only those that endure to the end that win this crown. And, so, and then we're going to see unbelief, what it means. The dangers of unbelief, hardening of heart, and straying away from God. And it, it shows us that faith makes us partakers of all the blessings we have in Christ there is no other way it works and then in chapter 4 we see why we must believe the word of god the uniqueness of the god of god's word so let's start chapter 2 verse 14 where we stopped the last time our total deliverance complete deliverance anybody tell you anything else has not been reading this bible what is what the deliverance are going to give you more than what jesus did Hebrews 2 14, inasmuch as as then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he says, since we are flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. He became man that through death, child of God, believe the Bible. Don't believe experiences, don't believe people's experiences. Follow the Bible strictly. He says that through death he might destroy him. Who had the power of death? That is the devil. Destroy him, destroy his power. De- completely destroy him. 15. And release those who through fear of death were all their and subject to bondage. Release. Complete release. Set free. From all manner of bondages. Destroyed all the power of Satan. And in verse 16, he begins to tell us that this deliverance, this help was not given to angels. So to clarify, so we understand who he's talking about. He said it was given to seed of Abraham. Those are for us who are in Christ. Because when you come to Christ, you become a seed of Abraham. So you understand that this benefit is for those who are in Christ. He said, For indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. So if you come to Christ, you have complete you have this aid. You have been set free. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to set you free, release you from bondage. The yoke destroys the, 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 the anointing destroys the yoke, and the anointed one. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, therefore means because of the foregoing. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren. So he has to be like us to be able to obtain this thing. He couldn't die if if he was like God. He is God, but he became man. So he could die. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. So he died on our behalf and became our high priest to make propitiation. What is propitiation? Propitiation is, is like, a, it means, the, 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 I read it from gospelcoalition.org. This is how they defined it. It says propitiation means the turning away of the wrath of God as the just judgment of our sin by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. The pacifying, the placating, or appeasing of God's wrath. Propitation. The justice of God, like Oeneka was telling us yesterday, demands that sin must be judged. The Bible says, though hand join, hand join hand in hand, that the, the, the wicked cannot go unpunished. The justice of God demands that sin must be judged and punished. There is no other way out of it. So, in order to, for God to be just, He judged our sin on Christ. And the Bible says, "Please, God, to smite Him." He said, "He placed on Him all our iniquities and the punishment of our sins." You find that in Isaiah chapter fifty-three. So by God placing our 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 judgment, the judgment that should have come on me on an innocent soul that did nothing, God is now obligated to set me free from judgment if 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 I if I appropriate Christ as my representative. It's no question of whether that, that's it. Otherwise, did he unfairly put judgment on an innocent soul? The Christian must understand the justice of God like this young man was telling us yesterday. Sin was judged. Salvation didn't come free. It came free to us, but not free to... Jesus paid for it. The punishment that was supposed to receive was laid, laid on him. He, the Bible says he laid on him the iniquity of us all. So that's Propitiation. And having carried our penalties, this wrath of God, he rose up as a great high priest and went before God to present his blood, the sacrifice. And that blood speaks today. We are still going to talk about this because you should find out that the Bible was not written in chapters and verses, it's a continuous flow of writing. But people broke it in chapters and verses, so we can easily make references. So, we are still going to come back and talk about this high priestly office of Jesus as it helps you today to see why you should go before God boldly. So, our deliverance from the power of Satan and sin was accomplished on the cross through the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Totally accomplished. By Jesus being the propitiation for our sins, and by Him dying and being buried and resurrecting. all of this played a role in our complete salvation. He died, buried, He resurrected. If He didn't rise, we won't have, a, we won't have new life. So, all that Jesus did, He did His burial, His resurrection. Plays a role in our complete salvation. The Christian must understand what they signify for him. In Colossians 2:11, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised. Now we're talking about deliverance from our old sinful nature. It's not just deliverance from the devil. We had the nature of the devil. The nature of sin. Sin is nature manifesting in sinful hearts. So one of the deliberate actions that Jesus did was that he set us free from our sinful nature. You couldn't behave yourself out of that one. It's not not possible. The Bible says a leper cannot change his skin. So Colossians 2.11 when you came to Christ, listen to what Jesus did when you came there. You were circumcised. Circumcised. You know, Jesus speaks with uh, allegories and, uh, and uh, um, we call allegories and uh, metaphors. Allegories are metaphors. He uses metaphorical language. So circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. He using what we do to, to illustrate to us what happens spiritually. That the old nature was taken away and God created you new. And using circumcision to illustrate it that the old skin was pulled away so you have a new skin. The cutting away of your sinful nature, that's one major deliverance that we have. We don't hear a lot. Men to, all we talk about is the devil. But this one is so key. So important. Because this one tells you, you are no more a slave to, to sin. You are not a slave to sin. Verse 12. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, the mystery of our salvation. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Simply because you believe that Jesus died for you and was raised. The Bible says you were you identify with his death, his burial, and resurrection. That as he was buried, that you were buried, there was a funeral where your own nature was buried. And that you rose up with Christ as a new person. I don't know why Christians go to funer- go to the grave and be looking for their old nature. It's buried. It's gone. I just came back from Atlanta where we went for burial. Or something. After our relation was buried, everybody left. Everybody left. Buried. nobody's going there to rummage for her. It's, it, it, they'll call intervention for you, but that's what we Christians do because we do not believe the Bible. We don't. The scripture says your own nature, my own nature has been buried, covered, gone. And with with him when you were raised to a new life because you trusted the power of God, who raised Christ from the dead? That's how. He set us free from the power of sin. 13. Colossians 2, 13. You were dead because of your sins, because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Before you came to Christ, we had that nature. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. Jesus became propitiation for our sins. God put the, the wrath of God was... And we sing it. The wrath of God i don't know the wrath of god whatever it's on him we sing it every sunday night. and even shed a little tear and then we don't even understand what we're talking about oh the wrath of god was satisfied yeah that's bible we sing it we sing it but in, in it doesn't exist in our consciousness in our daily living You were dead because of your sin and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive. God made us alive with Christ. For he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us. Took it away by nailing it to the cross. Jesus paid with his life. The atoning sacrifice. In this way, the second deliverance now took place. The first one was that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, our sinful nature was cut away. Now, because our sins have been forgiven and we don't have that sinful nature anymore, the one that sinned has been buried. The one that rose is a new creature, he has no past, he didn't do nothing. and so our sins are forgiven so this man that rose from the dead has no past whatsoever at all but we still accuse him of our past and we talk a lot of our past record that said I don't remember now verse 15 shows us how the devil lost it because now this new man has no sin and the record of our sin, the blood has washed. The devil has nothing, no grounds for sin. Absolutely disarmed. Nothing. It was sin that gave him the way. The Bible says, "When sin entered, death entered. The devil came. There's a good. The judgment that's the soul that sin shall die. That's how the sickness and all the process of death came." because sin entered before sin entered the devil had no power Adam was the boss until sin entered get it so when our sins was washed away and you rose with Christ in a new person that has no sin no record of past nothing so the devil has nothing, no grounds to hold you, no grounds, no not possible doesn't have it he doesn't have it what he trusted was our sinful nature and our sins we committed so in this way he he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross Colossians 1.13 says, Who had delivered us from the power of darkness, had translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his brother, even the forgiveness of sins. Redemption is to go and pay and recover something that somebody had. Our forgiveness of sins. So we are delivered from the power of darkness. Power of darkness. Everything the devil can do and were translated into the kingdom of jesus christ you cannot be in the kingdom of jesus and in the kingdom of satan at the same time it doesn't happen it doesn't happen so jesus set us free from the power of sin and set us free from the power of the devil because sin and the devil are brought are connected that's why if you read the scripture you see whatever jesus will tell to somebody your sins are forgiven and they say go home you are healed your sins are forgiven go home you are healed your sins are forgiven go home you are healed all is well because that work of satan is disarmed right here because your sins are forgiven go it's easy to understand so we died with him and rose with him in the newness of life our old nature was shed when we died with him and was buried with him we received his new life we received his new life his nature when we came to him you can't accuse that life of Christ of sin you can't accuse it, it has no sin that's the life he gave you that's your new nature Christ has become your life all you need to do is believe it. If you go believing all these contrary, doc, false doctrines that makes Christ like he failed and presenting a man as your, your adjutant deliverer, that will now make complete. That Jesus didn't finish it. Let me. Who delivered him? That is delivering you. Who delivered this deceiver? That is delivering you. Jesus said many will come and say I'm the Christ. Say run away from me There's no salvation in any other, certain in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, you say, but some people manifest demonic spirits because they believe them. Is it not as you believe you'll be? They believe them. If you stand and say no, I, don't, I cannot that joke, the thing will. And the Bible says we should resist the devil. Because he try to come and deceive you and make you believe he's dead. You are not who God said you are. Make you believe the lies he's telling you. The way you believe you make you give room into your heart. And it became confessing all those things. Telling people, ah, I have, you have, not me. You have, you have this, you have that. I'm not talking all that, confessing all that. You have them now. <laughs> you have them now. You opened the door. Romans 6, 5. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. When you read, read in between lines, verse 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. Do you know that? Do you know? Do you know that? Is that one of the things you give thanks? Crucified with Christ, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. That's how it worked. You didn't get freedom from sin by trying to be holy and try. that's not what gave you the freedom. But that's what people do. And that's what people are taught. Christ is neglected. The work of the cross is neglected, and people are sent on to labor. And failure is the it, it results in failure. And we sweep things under the carpet. You see a lot of carnal behaviors. Things that will shock you that Christians do. You know what they say? Because of lack of spiritual growth. Because they won't believe the truth. Verse 7. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. That's when it happened. That's when it happened. That's what you should believe. When you believe it, you, you experience it. You believe it, you experience it. You believe it, you experience it. You confess it because you're... For it says, verse 8, and since we died with Christ, we know we also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. That's why he died. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin. Believe it. And alive to God through Christ Jesus end of the matter Second Corinthians 5 17 this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person the old life is gone the old life the one that used to do this and do that is gone buried stop rumaging for the guy it was gone gone gone, gone is, this is the testament oh you want the Holy Spirit to be talking to you believe the one he's telling you already now The old life is gone. Don't go around and say, "No, my own is anger." You, you don't believe the scripture. You don't believe the gospel. How will it work for you? Oh, you know, you're wrong in our family. Are you kidding me? You are a new creature. <laughs> the old man is dead. Your new family is the family of God. What wrongs in your family? Is righteousness is the life of Christ. You are a seed of Abraham. You come into the family of God now. In the family of God, those things, do they run there? Aren't you a member of the family of God? God Isn't God your father? Aren't you say our father? The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ Jesus. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. God brought us back himself. Chapter 3. We have a faithful high priest, and we can depend on his ministry on our behalf. We're going to read chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, and we just jump, because we're going to talk about the high priestly ministry of Jesus much, much later. remember, like we said, that this this was not written in chapters and verses. It's people that... uh, Divided the so you so can make references. But this conversation about high priestly ministry of Jesus continued in chapter four. And so we're going to meet it back there and then we're going to deal with it in the more, more details. But let's read chapter three, verse one. Therefore, holy bread, partakers. Did he call her holy? Are you serious? <laughs> That's what we are. We have the life of Christ. Jesus is holy. That life is holy. He identifies us with Christ. And you identify with Christ, and you one with Christ, then the Spirit of Christ joined to our spirit, you become one spirit with Him. He's calling you Holy Brethren. He's identifying you with the, the inner person, the one that is born again, the one that is a child of God, is, is the real you. Holy Brethren. Partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession christ jesus who was faithful to him who appointed him as moses also was faithful in all his house for this one has been counted worthy of more glory than moses inasmuch as much as he had built the house the, the as much as he who built the house has more honor than the, than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful, nor his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which will be spoken afterwards. But Christ, but Christ as the son over his own house. He owns the house. Moses was a servant. This is the owner. This is the old, he owns the house. He's the one building it. Building your life. Building my life. Leave the laws of Moses alone. Go and listen to the one. The Bible says it's the voice of God in this last day. But Christ has a son over his own house, whose house we are. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope from to the end where the house he is building and nobody can stop him. The only person who can stop him is when you resist him and refuse to let him build your life with the building blocks of his word. We start listening to all these junk, deceitful doctrines of Satan he doesn't build with lies he doesn't build with falsehood he builds with this word pure and holy that word there's no lie in it some people say, say that, I hear them say that, that what God cannot do does not exist it's a lie God cannot lie and, the, and lying exists you know people sing all this kind of thing. God cannot lie my friend and lying exists God cannot sin, but sin exists. And the thing by singing all those things that God will say, God will now wake up and can sit, can sit down, my friend. If you don't wake up and start receiving what God gave you in Christ, you get nothing. If you like, sing that song from here to Monday. You get nothing. But Christ as a son over his own house. house we are if we hold fast that's what you do you hold fast at the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end hold fast in faith and say this is mine, this is what he gave me you have to lay hold on the thing the, the, telling God you, you know what you cannot do, don't make him do anything the ones he did, what I did with it the, all the things he gave you freely have you laid hand hold on them, you should stretch forth your hand of faith and say this is mine and God said yeah now you're making me proud just now you're believing me if I go to God and tell God everything and you know and I don't lay hand, hand, of faith to take them. He'll be watching me, because he said, "I've sent to help in the day of salvation. I've sent to help. I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Go take them." Stop, stop. Come here and tell me this. If you want to praise God. Praise God for who He is. Worship Him for who He is. But the, one of the ways you honor Him is faith. You search for your hand and say, "Yeah, you gave me this. It's mine." And that honors him. And the scripture warns us against unbelief and doubt. It says, faith is obedience for it agrees with God. Unbelief is disobedience for it disagrees with God. Verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today if you will hear his voice do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where he speaks believe him don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion it cause doubt hardening of heart and rebellion and saying God you're lying in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, they were trying me, tried me, and saw my 40 years, they saw my miracles I did in Egypt and everything, they saw this. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. Unbelief is going astray, walking away from the truth in the heart. You know backsliding starts in the heart. You know you can be going to church, but you have backsliding already. All you are doing is motion. There's no life in it. You're just motion, complaining, finding fault everywhere. Just motion, just motion. Just motion. Your heart is gone. Jesus said, with the lips they worship me, their heart is far from unbelief starts. And all this backsliding starts in their heart. It starts in their heart. You say, Your heart, as in the rebellion. And then in verse 10, therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. And they have not known my ways. Ignorance is their problem. They don't know my ways. know God said that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge you know the the disciples when they were fighting Peter for going to Anilor's house and eating with the Gentiles and then he told them what God did and the wonderful thing do you know they all rejoiced the Bible said they rejoiced they were so excited read read few, few verses thereafter you find some of them who left the same meeting and went preaching and said, we're not preaching to, non, to non-Jews, it's only Jews. <laughs> it's part of all that rejoicing and, well, well, they still continued and say, no, if you are not a Jew, you don't hear the gospel. <laughs> it says, they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest beware brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God it says you stray it's rebellion it strays away the heart that won't believe God rebels against him strays away and God help you if you castify your heart in that in that situation I, I don't want to get there. So it says, it says Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Unbelief makes so us depart. You lose joy in everything no more excitement in reading the Bible. In fact, reading the Bible is a chore. It's a chore. You struggle. Prayer is a chore. The Bible said the love of many will be like that. In these last days. 13 but to exhort one another. So that's why we keep preaching. You've got to preach. Exhort one another why it is called to do, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. New Living Translation says, if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just firmly as when we believed, We will share in all that belongs to Christ. That's how it works. You can't be wavering. Things of life are pushing you up. You you know, I was thinking about these apostles. These people, they were so consecrated to Jesus. You know, they brought them and flogged them. I'm just imagining Peter, the oldest. They flogged them. The Bible said, see, they came out rejoicing. <laughs> they were very excited. They said it was an honor to suffer for Christ. It was, they said, wow, what he did for us. Can we, this is nothing compared to what he did. And the same, the same spirit poor out. They, they couldn't be bothered. Who flogged them, didn't mean anything. Mean, meant nothing. They heard their confidence knowing in whom they believe. Job heard his confidence to the end. No matter what, they took away his children, his business, and everything. He so, said, no, my redeemer, leave it. His confidence to the end. And when he got to the end, he wore a big crown. Seven times return on all those things. Seven times. Seven times return. Slightest thing, we lose confidence in God and Courage and burning, we stop talking. <laughs> Acting. We forget even all the things God has done for us, which we sharing, were sharing and we were inciting before. Now we are no more. Why it is said today, if you will hear his voice like today, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. It's called unbelief rebellion. Somebody said, I'm not agreeing with you. I don't believe what they're saying. And he gave us an example in in verse 16. For who haven't had, for who haven't had a rebel? Indeed, was he not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now, with whom was he angry 40 years? Was he not with those who sinned? Look at the result of that unbelief. Whose corpses fell in the wilderness. These are people God said, I'm taking you to the promised land. They, they, in the wilderness. 18. And to whom did he swear that they will not enter his race, but to those who did not obey him. And then you know what obedience means here is? Unbelief. Because it's called unbelief rebellion. God says, I've done this. You didn't do it. I said it here that... The word obedience in the New Testament is faith. It's called obedience of faith. Unbelief is rebellion, it's sin. Faith is the New Testament obedience. Because in faith, you believe everything God has said and act on it. Because that acting shows you have faith in, in Him. Faith without works is dead. Here, I call it rebellion. Causes sin. Verse 19, so we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. That's the cause of all this problem that the corpses fell in the wilderness to whom he didn't follow because of their unbelief. You can see how terrible unbelief can be. Now you see the importance of studying scriptures. Because faith comes by hearing God. I had a, a pastor sharing about some, they were so discouraged in their church. I don't know what happened, so they were all cried and praying And then one of them said, "I'm not going to stop God again." He said, "I'm not going behind that altar, that that uh, curtain." He said, "That curtain, I'm not going there again." He stopped that. He went to, and when he got to. He, he, for, for whatever reason he took his Bible and opened it the scripture says God dwells behind the curtain he ran from there back to church said, I'm going behind that curtain God have told me I'm there so he went and started crying repenting God said I will dwell behind that curtain you are run away from I'm, I'm there in that church you better go back there friends there is no not live this Christian life without the enemy challenging you of it. It can be severe, from pastor to everybody. It can, it can be. Seen. Our Lord Jesus, the first thing after baptism, the enemy challenged his faith. Challenged this faith up to the cross, mocked him, mocked him until they were tired of mocking him. you are not faithful in the letter, how can God give you the big? People don't tell all their stories. Though, but people pass through severe, severe tests of faith. Some of them, you hear them, you like, are you serious? But that's true. From the pastors and everybody. Every man's faith will be tested as by fire. So that the, the quality is proved. So when you, your have is tested by fire, and the quality is full, then God can trust you with divine, divine investment. But not before then. So all these people, fasting for anointing, go and sit down. <laughs> no, no, no. God has a process. He says, if you are faithful and the letter, then I'll give, I will now enlarge you. You don't need to Fast. All you need to do is to prove to God that you can be trusted. He said the faithful man who can find that you can't be trusted, that your faith is genuine. Your faith is not because of the things of this world, it's because he is real. And he's God. His word is true. That's what Jesus did. The man shall not live by grade alone, but by water, every that comes out of the mouth of God. He said, shall not, you should, you should, only God, you should worship, set and get out of here. He came down, the Bible says he came down with the power of the Holy Spirit, and the angels showed up. They showed up. From there, his fame went everywhere. Forty days he proved his confidence in his father. The Holy Spirit led him there. Because it's a process. People, it's a process. Said none of these things move me. Neither count myself laugh as anything. That I might finish this way. He was oozing with the with the power of the Holy Spirit. This man was the, the, when the Bible said they were full of the Holy Spirit, they were oozing. The, Holy Spirit, the power was oozing out of ten from him was healing people. Peter Shadow was healing, they were oozing with the, the power of God. chapter 4 verse 1 now you can see that this was not, we read chapter 3 now with chapter 4, it's still talking about this doubt and unbelief because it's a continuous discourse that Paul was writing in chapter 1 he said therefore since the promise remains of entering his race, there is still opportunity now let us feel let any of you seem to have come short of it seem to have come short. He said, don't, 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 don't. See what happened to them, oh. Don't. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word, that, the word which they had did not profit them. So all the gospel did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in those who had it. Let me refer us back to what I read in Hebrew three forty, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we shall share in all that belongs to Christ. Faithful, endure to the end. It says. Four 2 says for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them but the word which they heard did not profit them why? not being mixed with faith in those who heard it verse 3 for we who have believed do enter that rest as he has said who have entered that rest of God so I swore in my right they shall not enter my rest although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. This thing you are streaming about that the devil is used to harass you. God has finished it. Finished it. There are, there are seasons sometimes with God. If you want to run his timetable, you have need of patience. Even after you, have, you haven't done all you should stand, you have need of patience because there are seasons sometimes. When that calculation of God accusing, nothing will stop it. No, no, and you will lose nothing. There are seasons sometimes, all in the hand of God. But he says you have need of patience. After I've done the will of God, be patient. Nobody wants to be patient. Because we've been trained by McDonald's and we live in a fast-moving world. So, says, uh, So I saw my right there. Verse 4, for he has, well, the work was finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 4, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains that some must enter it. And those to whom it was first preached did not. They didn't. But now there's opportunity for the church, for the Christian. He said, those whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. He said, it caused doubt, disobedience. It caused a rebellion. He said, unbelief provokes God. I writing to the church, warning believers verse 7. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time as it had been said, today, oh, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Believe him. Train yourself to believe God. Do you know how many times you have read this warning? Today, if you hear his voice, do not. I don't know whether it's two or three times. It's been repeated. Harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Make effort to train yourself to believe the word of God. Make every effort. If you don't, you are going to be de- cheating yourself. Verse 8. If Joshua had given them rest, then he would not have afterwards have spoken of another day. They are there remained therefore a rest for the people of God. There is still opportunity to enter his rest, to walk in faith, to trust him, to rely on him. So, verse 10: For he who has entered this rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did for, from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. So he calls that disobedience. See, faith is obedience, doubt is disobedience faith is obedience the bible makes it clear obedience of faith it's not the same thing with obedience of the law the law has no promises for you to believe but believing all the work of all the word of god is obeying him it's called obedience of faith so our call is a call to cease from our labor and enjoy his labor. Matthew 11:22 then Jesus said, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and i will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because i am humble and gentle at heart. i will find rest to your soul for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden i give you is light. Say come to me Come, bring that your burden. Stop seizing your labor. Come, yoke it to me. Let me take it over from you. Come by faith. So we are simply called to come and believe by faith and receive all that Jesus has accomplished. The work has been finished. All that you need for life and godliness has been given to you, has been provided to you. Everything. The work has been finished. All this effort we make, thinking that they will make God do something, is what stops God from doing anything. I was talking to a group of pastors, I said, if you want to take offering, stop, stop thinking that they start your talk that will make people give to God. Forget about it. I said, once you start that, they will start, the Holy Spirit will just leave you alone. Because he can't share his glory with you. Just announce time for offering, read the scripture, just sit down, just sit down. It's not... It, Except God builds. <laughs> if God doesn't build it, you are wasting up You know, we, we, we think we are called to build. And the Bible says, No, we are his house, he's the one building us. He's the one taking care of your life and everything, leading you, program. He knows, he says, I know you have need of all these things. Leave it to me. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. I know you have need of that nobody want to want to think that if we make this then he will wake up and do this then if we do it he said all that is cease from your labor stop all of that stop come and take what i'm giving you free i know you have need of that i've made provision for all of them all of them a to z Made provision for all of nothing you need for life and godliness have i not made provision for when we will start believing god So we are called to simply believe and enter rest. Stop bothering yourself and worrying yourself and doing all manner of junk that people. Do. Mark five thirty five thirty six. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. That's all. Only believe. There's nothing to do that make me do this thing. Just believe. I've come here to do it. Mark 9 23. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes it. All things are possible. All the impossibilities become possible to only those who believe God. Because then they, un- they unleash the power of God. They release the power of God. They, they activate the power of God. Just by faith. The first to, to God, only you. I'm not the one doing. It's you, so I trust you with it. You go your way. Oh no, I won't do that. I would like to walk. work, labor, labor, because labor is very religious. But labor is an issue. John eleven forty. Jesus responded, "Did I not tell you that you will see God's glory if you believe? <laughs> That's the only condition." It's, it's believing labor, believing his rest. Just believe what God said, and that's it. You live by the word of God. Acts 16:30. And brought them out and said, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all. That shall be saved, and all your household, all of you that believe in the Lord Jesus be saved. It doesn't need labor, it doesn't need nothing. Because salvation will be completely provided. I have listening to one pastor. The Lord said to me, he said, don't you ever beg me for healing anymore. He said, I provided healing. All you need for life and God is I provided it for you. Stop begging me for healing. I provided everything. He said, you, you should reach out in faith and take what I give you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That I shall be saved. And we that preach this gospel... We don't present it that only faith is... This thing is finished. Take it. No. We want to do something so God... I don't know. I just don't know. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we have been made right in God's side by faith only, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. That's the only reason. The work has been finished. Verse 2 Because of our faith... Because of our faith, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Because of our faith, cease from your labor. Christ has given you this privilege free. first corinthians 2 12 now we receive not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of god that we might know the things that are freely given to us of god freely given, friends what does free mean free means at no charge to you and cease from your labor of trying to pay god for anything forget about those things they are the exact reason you won't get it because it's free God, there's nothing God gives you that is up for sale. God doesn't hold sales. No, it's free. Jesus paid for it already. His pre, prepaid card, swipe and take it. You say, How did he get to me? Because he loves you. It's undeserved favor. But that's called the work of grace. The Bible said when the apostles came and saw the work of grace, they were full of joy. They saw the work of grace. The work of grace should be seen in my life and your life, so that gives the glory to Jesus. And we appreciate him the more. Within Thanksgiving, you you, you thank him for the work of grace, unmerited, undeserved, for you. Then you understand how much God loves you. Otherwise, you think because you earned it, you you think you, you will never believe how God loves you. Luke chapter 5. We must live by the word. We must live. Cease from your labor. Stop looking for what to do and start looking for what to believe. What to believe will teach you what to do. What to believe will instruct you what to do. That's how you follow the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 5 as well. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. And Simon Peter answered, "Master, ha, Master, we toiled all night now exhaustingly and caught nothing in our nets. What are you talking about? We are professionals, now. We've been labor. We know how to do it. <laughs> but on the grounds of your word, that's what God is saying. Stop your labor. Stop, Peter. Stop. On the grounds of my word, do it. Trust my word. Follow my word." Cease for your labor, all your natural thinking, all your calculation, disconnect from it and connect to the wisdom of God, His word, because that's what He will perform. That's what God will perform. How simple does He get? But on the grounds of your word, I will lower the nets again. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and as their nets were at the point of breaking it didn't come from toiling it came from his word it didn't come from toiling all night, it didn't come from professionalism, it came from his word believe and see act on it and see where there was nothing because he spoke it, they acted, the feet that came their net was breaking but they toiled all night they know the time is done don't understand it. Jesus says, Stop your toil. Keep it away. Come and enjoy my own toil, my labor. Let my spirit produce it for you. Because I love you so much. And you can't get it. You can't. Verse 7. They signal to their partners in the other boat to come and take hold with them. And they came and filled both boats, both boats. So they were they began to sink. The boats were sinking. Brethren. The economy of that place changed. They paid off mortgages, everything. One word. Put it here. Peter Peter said, but we're doing that, said just put it. I'm Lord over this. Is that teaching? I said, the way Jesus reveals his lordship is by manifesting his lordship. So you see it so you can say you are really lord it's not by by making it's not that this like his lord giving you laws you must no no he wants to reveal himself to you as lord so you accept him as lord and bow to him and worship him with all your heart he doesn't want us to we can't worship a god we don't know so he demonstrated his lordship there let's see the result He said, verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Say, You are Lord, I'm a sinful man. I am a sinful man. I've seen God at work. He said, Depart, I'm a sinful man, oh Lord, you are the Lord indeed. For he was gripped with bewilderment, amazement, allied to terror and all who were with him at the hall of fish quit they had made and so were James, John sons of Zebedee and who were partners with Simon Peter and Jesus said to Simon have no fear from now you'll be catching me I want to show you who I am so when I tell you something you believe it. so we we'll live by revelation my father, but he answered and said it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God that's why we, that we live by what he says we trust what he says even if we don't see it we just believe he said so that's it and stop laboring you won't sleep you have butterfly and start making plans and you start because those plans are not from God anyway you start sweating because you are confused and your emotions run wild today excited tomorrow cold and then somebody come and say this thing happened for me say it has not happened to me then you won't sleep again (laughs) it's unnecessary God has your own plan for you it's a different plan don't go sit down It's how we live our lives. Galatia 3:11. But that no man is justified by the law, and the sight of God is saving him. The just shall live by his feet. Entire rest. Stop. 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 Just stop. Go and sleep, my friend. Just go and sleep. Benin he said the first time he experienced the power of God. That the pastor that mentored him told him. He said, Do You want to see God work in there? He said, Go to bed. <laughs> said, go to bed. I'm ministering tomorrow. He said, go and sleep. He said, I'm ministering tomorrow. He said, go. If you don't sleep, who says? Go and rest. He said, he went because, he know that's why you should have a good mentor. He went in and slept. He said, in the morning, I mean, the evening he came to minister, he just stood there and he, he said, God just took over his life. Because God had programmed what to do. Not that you don't pray, you should pray. But it's not, it's not I don't know how to explain. It's, it's not. You should pray and do this, but it's, you can't make God do anything. He has, even your prayer is the one inspiring it. Without him you can do nothing. He's the one inspiring it, anointing you, and inspiring your prayer. We're just following his program. Because if you put your faith in your prayer, he won't walk, he will stop because he can't honor you. But if you put that faith in Christ, heaven opens. <laughs> so prayer is good. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray, you should pray, but I think the man was trying to teach him that it's not what you do that makes God so Have you not prayed? Yes, he said, now nah, go and sleep now. You have prayed, they are go and sleep. So Don't get stood up, don't get worried, go and sleep. God already chose you. He that called you and anointed is God. You're already anointed. And the my was saying, when I go to church, they'll be praying for me to be anointed to preach. I'm looking at them. He said, well, this is not necessary. He that called us and anointed us is God. Nobody goes on welfare on his own account. So if he calls me as anointed, I said, I can't preach on my own account. as enabled me. All I need to do is to believe that he has enabled me and they start working." so look at how Paul lived his life Galatia 2.19 for when I tried to keep the law <laughs> it condemned me so I died to the law I stopped I stopped trying to meet all its requirements if you preach it today they, think, they say it's hearers, so that I might live for God you said either you, you are doing it to your energy and to it, or you live for God by faith they can't miss both of you. I want to live for God, so I stopped trying by effort and stopped. Because every time I try, I fail. <clears throat> Verse 20. Then he went to faith. He went to the word of God. He went to believing what God said about him. Verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. That's why he went to. That's why he started to believe it. That's what he was confessing. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make me right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. I said, "This is what I believe. This is what God told me. My old self has been crucified. I have a new life. I live. This new life is Christ in me." And as he started to believe it, Christ started manifesting his life, manifesting his life is superior to what you can do obeying whatever as many as are led by the spirit they are not under the law the spirit of god was not manifesting and guiding. He, he he told her he said the love of god is not controlling me he said the love of god controls what i do and when you live in love you fulfill all the laws of god but god is love how did he get into that He started believing what God said. He said, I was trying to do this. It frustrated me. I will fail because the arm of flesh will fail you. I started believing God. The arm of the spirit took over my life. I started living the life I can't live on my own. So the word of God, I think we'll stop here. Because I was going to read about the Word of God, what it does, why we should believe the Word of God, but I think I should stop here so that I don't hurry it. It's a lot that we need to share, but on Thursday, I think I start from here, so that we share about why we should trust the Word of God, why we should believe the Word of God. And then when the Bible is talking about, you know, the 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 high priestly ministry of Jesus, we should go into it more details and talk about why. What, what does it mean to the Christian? And what, why should I believe the word of God anyway? The scripture gave us all the details, but I don't want to hurry. So we're going to take time to study it on Thursday. We'll start from there and finish it and go to chapter 5. See if we can finish chapter 5. And that would be a good place to stop. Let us pray. Father, I just want to thank you for the word you gave us. We trust you with it. Trust you with it. Except you build, no, nobody can build. Nobody can build. And except you draw people to yourself, they can come. It's your hand that does everything for you. We are just houses you're building, but you love us so deeply. I trust you with this teaching. It's your will for us to know the things of your kingdom. For so it has pleased you. You can walk with it. Your spirit can do all things. To you be all the glory, all the honor, all the adoration. Forevermore in Jesus name. Amen. So let's talk about healing. Awesome. Awesome. Healing. You know, which, which last Thursday we were talking about the need to have persistent faith that lays hold on the promises of God and refuses to give up on God. Brethren, this is the way it works. It has to work this way because we are challenged. If you don't know it, know it now. There is a, an enemy out there who wants to steal your, your stuff. It's a thief. I determine to steal it by discouraging you, by acting up and doing all of things. But the only way you can overcome him is by your shield of it. So Hebrews chapter 6 12 says that you do not become sluggish. Don't become sluggish in your faith, dragging yourself, making face. <laughs> making face too, Making face. But who do you imitate? Those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Faith and patience go hand in hand. Faith and patience go hand in hand. Faith and patience go hand in hand. Abraham in Hebrew chapter 6, 15, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he has patiently endured, Endured. Endured or endured, endured. I don't know. He obtained the promise. He obtained it. But he patiently endured. So you must keep your confession of the word steady without wavering. Hebrews 10 23. Let us hold fast. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Continue to say what you believe, what the Word said, be in agreement with God without wavering. For He that, for He is faithful that promised. That's the Word of the Living God. That's the Word of the Living God. This is not the Word of men. Continue to say so. Abraham did give thanks so and God ensures us that the word must be in our mouth for it to work Joshua 1 8 says this book of the law or this word of promise shall not depart from their mouth why must it be in their mouth because by speaking it you release the power in it to begin to work you said let the redeemed of the Lord say so God said Joshua speak let it be in your mouth you must say it in Romans ten eight, but what said it, it the word is thee, even in thy mouth that's why it is and in their heart that is the word of faith which we preach is in your heart but it should be in your mouth that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Then you shall be saved. Then he explained it. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation or unto reality. When you believe, yeah, it's accepted. But you have to say it so that the reality will manifest for you. It must not depart from your mouth. But that's what the enemy will try to do. To make you say what he wants you to say. Second Corinthians 4. 13. We have in the same spirit of faith. According as it is written. I have believed. Therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. It must be in your mouth. You must say so. One time I was meeting the word of God. And the spirit of God said to me. Say you must say it. I said, release it, you must say it. It's in your heart, he said, but you have to release it. He said, it's a seed. So I started, every time I meditate on the word of God, I'm saying it, I'm confessing it. He said, you must say so. Before I used to meditate and keep quiet. Now he said, no, he said, no, "No." it. The scripture say must be in your mouth. Can't depart from your mouth. It must be in your mouth. Say so. So I, all those things I'm meditating, I'm saying it, I'm saying it over and over to myself, and saying it over, and over. And I'm not saying it so that so that it become is true already. But the scripture says it must be in your mouth. So you follow instruction. Faith follows instruction. That's why faith is obedience. So if you have the same spirit of faith, according as it written, I believe, therefore have I have spoken. I speak because I believe. But you shouldn't go and be speaking it before people who don't understand what they're saying. Because they'll start to discourage you. There are many unbelieving believers, many fire extinguishers. They don't understand, push about nothing. Just don't bother about it. So the covenant words of God must be in our mouth. Right from Isaiah, the Old Testament, Isaiah 59 21. As for me, this is my covenant with them, said the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth. How many more scriptures are we going to read? I put it in your mouth. That's why I put it. Shall not depart out of thy mouth. Cannot depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed. Now out of the mouth of thy seed, seed, said the Lord from henceforth and forever. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Arise, shine. But say what God said. That's what the enemy will want to fight you. Oh my God. He will show you everything wrong in your life. He will interpret it from his wicked heart he will make you, and once you start listening to him, pretty soon you start saying what he wants you to say <laughs> Revelations twelve eleven. they conquered him completely through the blood of the lamb and the powerful word of his testimony see why God said you must sit because you are in a warfare you got to sit let me tell us, sickness is not the work of, that Jesus did in your life. No, he brought you life, not sickness. So these things are not the work of Jesus. So you are, you are fighting them off. It, the, the devil is the behind all these things. You, ha- you are fighting. So you, you, you have to conquer him. The blood, their sins are forgiven. So he doesn't have grounds. But you have to keep the testimony that God gives. Two cannot walk together except they agree. When the Lord said to me, say you're neglecting my spirit, you're not talking to him. And I was confused. I said, Lord, you need to teach me. And so when I started talking to the spirit of God, I felt odd. <laughs> because I'm talking to him. I didn't see him. I felt very odd. <laughs> I went some days. I said, I said, Lord, I know you are here. I'm talking to you, but you're not talking back to me. Oh, you say, yeah, relationship is built over time. Keep doing what you're doing. Really say, yeah. Intimacy is built over time. Our conversation, over time, I will teach you. And I continue <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. And gradually, gradually, I began to understand how he talks to me and how he wants things done. I began to teach me, start changing my morning routines as I let him change them. Recently he told me, he said, after you meditated and prayed, he said, you must go to scripture to hear me now. You must. I need to. He said, many Christians just rush away. Go to scripture and and keep reading until you hear me, because I'm going to give you words one me. So they conquered them completely through the blood of the Lamb and the powerful word of His testimony. The word He gives you, faith comes by hearing Him. That's the word He's giving you. Yeah, I'll tell him one brother. I say God has given you words, even visions and things. Where are they? I say, Pastor, you are right. Let me even go and bring them. I say you, you kept them somewhere, and you and your wife are talking. This things. Whose word have you been now talking about? Oh, you, you push His word somewhere. I, want miracle. I said, I'm not part of this one. I said, he told me, he said, I've been talking to this couple. I give them my word, they rejoice. They can. He said, Pastor, you're right. He show me visions. And he brought it up. He said, this is what he told me, this is what he told me. I said, so why did you throw his word away? How would this? how, the seed that will produce the miracle, he threw it away. And he took the seed that producing death. The enemy gave you his seed. Are you discouraged? You butterflies? Because that's what is produced now. His word will produce with. The enemy's word will produce discouragement, destroy your faith, finish it. I said, So what do you want to pray for you? Yeah, there's no prayer. He's still going to, he said, Pastor, you're right. He already smoked. I said, I'm going home. He puts pressure on us to forget what God said if they have seed in the ground what produce the fruit so we must, we must have the powerful word of his testimony not that it's his word we speak look at what the scripture says about healthy, healthy tongues bring healing or healthy tongues produce death if there's anything a Christian should walk on it's his tongue all these loose tongues and we're talking here we, we, think, we don't know how, what it does to us we don't know how it ruins our life and we're blaming God for everything but we'll check what we say Proverbs 18 21 the tongue can bring death or life if you want healing then let your tongue produce life say the word of life those who love to talk will reap the consequences of it. I don't know how to explain, but you can talk yourself into destruction and be blaming God all you want to. Matthew 12:37, "For by your words you will be justified and acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned and sentenced." You can talk yourself out of sickness. You can talk yourself into trouble. And then the enemy is watching, waiting for you to say the wrong, exactly what he wants you to say. He wants it to come out of your mouth. Mark 12 13. And they sent unto him certain of the Pharisees and of the Herodians to catch him in his word that's what the enemy is wants to do he's provoking you so you say the wrong things. you become emotional you become angry you start throwing words around boss of those things and they think it doesn't mean anything to catch him in his words if he did it to Jesus he's wanting to catch you in your words so he will perform it when you talk to the one that is for death, he will jump on it and say it's a leg of ground. That's what he's confessing. That's what he's saying. That's why murmuring attracts demons. Murmuring complain, it attracts them because they want to come and perform it. So what do we confess? I'm taking us back to the same scripture. We're called to confess that scripture we got to say it morning, say it afternoon. I don't care if you're in hospital, if you're in hospital, hearing me, confess this scripture. So put your faith in God, confess them, declare them to yourself. After you're in a car, you're in a bed now. Who is bothering you? Say it, read it to yourself, and put yourself in it. And say it with vehemence, say it like you mean it, say it with life, say it with faith. Not half-heartedly, whether, whether I will walk or not. No, no, no. It's word of faith. Isaiah 53, for surely my sicknesses he had borne. And my pains he had carried them. And we, we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God, and afflicted. See what Jesus went through? He was afflicted, plagued, smitten of God. God smitten. So that you will not be smitten. And he's pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the testament of our peace on him. That's anything that will bring you loss of peace is on him. So, you, you, so the Bible says, We'll serving him without fear all the rest of our life. And by his bruise, there is healing to us. Peter said, By his stripes, God has provided us healing. Why are we begging for healing? It's already provided already provided the Lord spoke to that pastor he said, stop begging me for healing stop he said because I paid for it it's provided all you need for life and godliness I've given you if you need healing it's, it's part of what you need for life I've given it to you by his stripes I provided it you go and lay hold on it and believe it and thank me and start and fight it out Psalm 103 verse 1 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What are his benefits? Child of God, what are his benefits? That he has already provided you. Who forgives all my iniquities? The blood of Jesus is speaking for you. He is the propitiation for our sins. Who heals all my diseases? Did he say some? Who redeems my life from destruction? Who cries me with loving kindness and tender mercies? They, he said, it's "Of the love mercies we were not consumed. Who satisfies my mouth with good things? So that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Man, when I read this one, I go wild. No <laughs> Every all my I'm saying, Lord, my eyes is renewed, my metabolism renewed. My every, I'm calling it. I, yeah, it's true. My strength is renewed. There's no weakness in this body. The Bible said there was no feeble among them, and I'm in a better covenant. There's no I'm no weakness. The Lord is the strength of my life. How foolish life here. You renew my strength. Your, your, your loving kindness and tender mercy will never depart from me. It's not possible. Impossible. Jesus secured it for me. He paid with his blood for me. You, you said you, will ne- you your mercy will never depart from me. And of the, of the lost mercy, I can't be consumed. Not because of what I know. No, it's, it's your mercy. Your grace. Abundance of grace. You've on me in Christ that gives me access to all these blessings undeserved, but because of my faith, because of my faith, Christ has brought me into this privilege wherein I stand and I lift my hands, I worship you, I glorify you, I say, I call on heaven to witness today. I don't, where, I don't know where the enemy is hiding, but whatever he's hiding, I want the the kingdom of God to know on what I stand is on this word of God it is true, it is yea. it is amen, I lift my hands and I worship you, I glorify you I bless you I bless you, even if I walk through the valley of shadow of death I shall fear no evil for thou art with me thou art with me, you have sent healing I have it the enemy can steal it, I'm not giving it to them I'm holding fast to what God has given me. Everybody fights it, including me. There are circumstances in my life. The enemy will come and start walking me. Say, you preach faith. And they look, I say, shut Close your mouth. The blessings of God make it It does not assure. The seasons and times of God are for me. Everything concern me, concerns me, concerns He's on my case. He's on my situation. He's a loving father. He's faithful. He's not like you or him. He's faithful. Sometimes you sing, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And you give a little testimony. He has done great things. Hallelujah. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless his holy name. When I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back anymore no 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 doubt no 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 i will never go back anymore thank you lord can we just stand and worship him wherever we are can we just worship him can we just worship him bless his holy name he is faithful he is God. He's not a man that he should lie. Has he said it, he will bring it to pass. He has provided us healing. The healing is here. The presence of God brings his power. His presence is his power present. Power to heal, power to provide, power to guide, power to encourage. It's right here with you. Child of God, bless him. Declare his word. Worship him. Thank him for his, your, his, your healing. Thank him for what is done in your life. Glorify his holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Give him thanks. Disappoint your enemy. Fight the fight of faith. Be strong and of good courage. For he that has spoken is God. He will never lie. The strength of Israel will never, never lie. in Jesus name we pray our father and our God we just want to thank you again for your word is true Here and amen those that trust in you will never be put to shame it's not possible the gates of hell cannot prevail against your church for you are the spirit in her you are the spirit in us you are the conquering spirit the greater one in us the greater one in us the greater one in us, God, Emmanuel. God, in your full glory, in your full power, you reside in us. We are more than conquerors. We overcome us. We are victorious. You always lead us in triumph. Blessed be thy name. They shall gather, but not by you. And all of them that gather against us, they have all fallen because of us, because you live in us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We give you praise, merciful Father. There shall be good news in the house of the righteous. There shall be good news. There shall be showers of blessings. There shall be a preponderance of healing. Preponderance of healing, preponderance of testimonies of healing. For you can't send your word in vain. it can't come back vain, for you are God all by yourself. We will hear good news, We will hear good news, We'll hear good news, We'll hear good news. For your spirit is performing all these things. We will hear good news. The spirit of frustration is frustrated. It cannot frustrate your children no more. For your spirit is energizing them anew it bringing new comfort, new encouragement new energizing blessed be thy name blessed be thy name we worship you for there shall be good news in this church there shall be good news in the house of the righteous you told us two weeks ago yes we shall not die we shall live and declare the goodness of god blessed be thy name wonderful father in jesus mighty name we pray amen